Hello and welcome to the Slim Radio exclusive coverage of the student election debates. My name is Iona Smith. Today we are covering the Faculty of Social and Behavioral Science student debates. With me today in the studio I have originally five but now four candidates who are here to debate it out and talk about why you should vote for them. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Elisa Vignali and I'm from O20. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Marl Menskupinha and I'm with the Activist Party. Hello, I'm Dawson Moran and I'm with Inter. Hi, my name is Matthijs and I'm with Ufa Social. Lovely to meet you. Well, thank you all for coming to the studio today. First up, I want to break the ice a little bit and ask why, why people should vote for you specifically. So you're here all representing your parties. Um, so do you want to go around and tell me what your party stands for and why we should vote for you specifically? So my party O20 stands for pragmatic politics and very progressive. So within the boundaries of in what's possible within the institution, we want to try to push uh, more diversity, push uh, better education with blind grading, uh, push better mental health, especially in those times. And why I think you should vote for me, uh, Alicia, as a candidate is because I'm just very approachable. So just come to me, talk, have a chat. I'll listen to you and voice your concerns and you'll be heard. Yeah, the activist party presents a clean break from the status quo within these uh, regular student elections. We're here to disrupt the public order, make a bunch of noise and bring activism again to the forefront. Uh, why should vote for me? I personally have a lot of experience within activism and organizing protest, and I don't have any aspirations to um, uh, get a board here or something or get something out of this in the first place. I'm doing this for you. Uh, yeah, I'm with Inter and we stand for a lot of things, democracy and transparency, sustainability, diversity, uh, but most importantly, student welfare. So trying to listen to the student and inform them about what's going on within the central level or what's happening at the university. Uh, why you should vote for me? Well, essentially, while I was at the USA, in the USA, I was illegal there and I couldn't attend protests and I couldn't have any say on politics because I was too scared that there would be serious ramifications to that. But I learned that now that I have my voice, that I can use that and I can use that to represent you and I can use that to create real change within the university. Yeah, I'm with uh, Uva Social, and uh, Uva Social has four pillars. We have a wide uh, program, but these four pillars are everywhere in the program. It's about sustainability, accessibility, diversity, and good quality education. Uh, why you should vote for me? Well, I'm I'm an educational science student, so probably like you can guess, I'm all about education, and I want education that works for the student. I want uh, a personalized learning experience uh, for you. Uh, and if you are, you're interested, uh, yeah, then you should definitely vote for me. Fascinating, guys. Thank you for that insight. Um, I want to raise an issue which I think is extremely important, has been raised by a number of students at UVA, especially in these times during Corona. Why are UVA students so sad? Mental health issues are at the highest that they've been ever. And obviously coronavirus plays a significant factor in this, but there are a number of bigger 
issues within the uva which need to be addressed. So what role do you feel that you as an individual play within solving these issues as well as your party's objectives as well? How do you feel that you can contribute to the student well-being and the wider issues that perpetuate this constant feeling of sadness within so many members of the student community? Well, I think that I can really relate to what's been happening. Um, this year, I had to go to therapy and I got diagnosed with uh, persistent depressive disorder, anxiety and PTSD. And it was a really tough time. And I understood exactly what has been talked about by these students constantly, which is just not having enough resources, not only within like the amount of psychologists that are available, but also just the lack of information that there is about what can be done by the government, the Dutch government that can help you. Um, for instance, not a lot of students know that you can go to your general practitioner and just talk to them about your issues and they will give you a referral. And if you get diagnosed, then they will cover it by your insurance. So you don't have to pay anything. But I only know this information because I have a Dutch boyfriend. And I know that if I didn't, then the UVA wouldn't have given me this information. And that's just sort of the issue that I see. So it's about, for me, it could be largely solved by just making this information more available to students and making them aware about all the resources that they have at hand so more of a communication role exactly. rather than because as members of the fsr within our faculty you do have the power and authority to look at the budget so you'll be handed the budget at the start of when you're given your post so this is something they do within um, the fsr which often people don't know about they'll give you the budget at the start and you have the authority uh, as a student council representative to go through the budget and um, voice your opinion whether or not you feel it's satisfactory. Now, within the budget, they don't actually have a specific section for mental health resources. So if you were given the budget and you saw that, like, what would you do in order to get your voice heard in this kind of situation? What, what would you do in order to sort out the budget because you have this authority? I think it's really important uh, to reassess priorities at different uh, different times. So right now, this is maybe we're coming out of this pandemic, but it's still uh, a new environment that uh, the UVA has not really been able to completely accommodate to. And so I would definitely voice for a new prioritization of the issues of how the budget should be spent and really orienting it towards the psychologists, for instance. This is one of the policies that I'd like to advocate. It's more psychologists. There are only 12 psychologists for 35,000 students. And it, and intuitively, because we are students, we are drawn to call, look at the university if you have an issue. And by trying to contact the student psychologist, you realize that you're on waiting list, that they don't tackle the exact needs if it's too important they're like oh no you need to go to someone someone else another psychologist so it's not a very clear path to to be able to get the support you need right now and I think that's one of the priorities that need to be set so you would say there needs to be more funding for internal student psychologists I mean do you disagree the two of you about signposting and giving advice about the general Dutch welfare system do you think that's a better alternative do you think just funneling all of this funding into specific psychology uh, psychologists and resources is the best way forward like what would you say if you disagree on this point or um yeah the the thing for me is that I was in the student council this year 
and we were advocating um, already for more student psychologists. And we realized that we hit a roadblock pretty early on, which was that the dean within FMG was already trying to fight for more student psychologists at the UVA. Um, but as a student council, because we're only working within FMG, it's more of a CSR issue. So there's a lot of politics involved and you have to go to the CSR and the dean has to talk to the other deans to have this implemented. Which is why for me, like with this experience in mind, it became a lot more important that while this issue is being solved and while we're trying to get more student psychologists and advocating for this, that it is important to first spread information about the resources that are available now. And then that way more students are able to get help now while the student council works towards getting those other student psychologists in. Okay, that'd be a good a little solution in the meantime okay yes. interesting and do you feel that within the student council you have the power and leverage to make that happen yes for sure I mean we've been working to trying to get this information on canvas where it would be far more accessible not having to click so many pages already so we were talking with the CSR we're talking to the people that build these websites to try and create this change so it is definitely doable which is why it's so important for students to vote because we are the ones that are going to go and advocate for the change that students want made interesting do you too have anything yes Matisse yeah, yeah. I, I think this information you're talking about this is, should also be accessed by having a person like who you can talk to, like a mentor or, or somebody who knows the system, who knows the UVA and where you can, uh, who you can talk to about your problems and who can say, well, you know, you should be there. This is the, the person you have to contact for your problems and this person can help you. Yeah. I, th I think that something like, uh, information just putting uh, information on a website or on canvas a, lo a lot of people aren't going to uh, are, are going to miss that or maybe uh, yeah okay yeah <clears throat> yeah from my own experience like um, having done both the ADAD ADHD course um, by the student psychologist and the one on anxiety and stress um, yeah, I definitely agree with the sentiment that there has to be an increased awareness about these facilities because from my own experience, um, I really had to uh, both contact the student advisor uh, and then like sort of push and push. And, and even after that, there was a long waiting list. But given the fact that we will um, sort of have an insight into the budget, I will definitely advocate for a large increase um, in the to hire additional like qualified uh, personnel because right now there are too little um, times where you can join in. There's like four moments a year. Um, there's too um, little emphasis on actually physically meeting up. Most, it's mostly done um, through Zoom. And I think that's really sort of detrimental to the, yeah, to the benefits you can actually get from it. Because I personally um, that did mine uh, before the pandemic. And the physical contact really helped me both build contacts that are still lasting right now but also be more engaged with the actual tips and tools you get. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm kind of doubtful whether the CSR has enough leverage to sort of actually push through these changes um, because I feel like it's far easier for like the, the board of directors to just say, yeah, we don't have any money for this right now. And um, what's really symptomatic about this is that many um, bachelors themselves have started up their own initiatives and it's really symptomatic of a broader problem that the UFA is lacking in providing adequate mental health support. I think definitely. I think a lot of this also comes down to community building, which is a point 
uh, I want to raise as well. Do you think that we should just be focusing on the end result of getting more therapists and more people to help students? Should we not be going more upstream and trying to create more of a community at UVA and more of a support network for other students as well? You mentioned before about having someone who could be there for students in order to signpost and help. I think maybe we should just be thinking a bit more about community building because there has been a lot of informal um, initiatives set up by students. But do you think it's the CSR's responsibility? Do you think it's the FSR's responsibility as well? Um, and your responsibility as individuals to try and set up more initiatives? Um, what's your view on this and what kind of action have you taken so far to try and solve these issues? Yeah, well, personally, I've I've um, teamed up with um, one of my uh, student advisors at my um, bachelor. Uh, we also provided a uh, support network for first-year students. So I think definitely there's some personal responsibility, especially if you see uh, how it's impacting students. Uh, but still, I think it's mostly... Um, within the responsibilities of the CSR to advocate for uh, student mental health. Um, also as well, like we have to take into account how different programs can deal with these things very differently. So within psychology, um, the uh, mentors already do help out. So they check up on you if they see that you're not coming to classes, they make sure that you're fine. If there's a deadline missed, they do ask you first about what's happening, what caused you to miss the deadline, and then you go from there to try and build something. Um, but not all programs do this. So psychology and sociology, as far as I'm aware, do have the support system going on, which helps quite a lot, but other programs don't. So in terms of like what FMG and the FSR can do in this case would be that student representatives would have to talk to the mentors and also to the program committees and try to get them to understand how important it is to have mentors and lecturers be there to listen to students. Mm -hmm. And what do you think your role is within that as someone on student council? How do you think that would try and facilitate that understanding and a new structuring of how things work? Um, yeah, so essentially you have your program committees, which is uh, made up of students and staff that represent that specific program. So you have your psychology program committee, sociology, political science, and they have meetings almost every week. Um, and they allow for FSR representatives to go and attend and give their point of view and see what's going on, and you can give them proposals. So as a representative, you'd go to the program committee, and then you'd be able to talk to them about why you think this is a good idea, what your solution is, what the current problem is, and then create change through these specific programs until it becomes a wide uh, faculty-implemented um, system. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have anything to add to that? I think, what about other forms of support networks? Does it always have to be within the academic realm? Do you think there could be more emphasis through the FSR on doing more informal forms of support networks, like more sports societies within your faculty, more, is it just more funding? Should it be more borrows with other people in your faculty and your subject? Um, more housing? What, what other things do you think we can do and how do they engage with student politics in the kind of wider university community other than it just being so academically focused? Yeah, well, personally, I would, wouldn't even say that it has to be limited to the university per se, because I feel that like bottles aren't for everyone, like, um, and like sort of sport associations aren't for everyone either. 
I think personally, if you have like, if you build a support network within Amsterdam for say as an international student, I'd say that would help. And they don't necessarily have to be university students. I mean, if you, I think it's really, I mean, the university always claims to be sort of a, um, a bridge within broader society. But I personally feel that it's sort of limited to the academic world. And I think, um, especially given the fact that there's a tremendous workload on the students themselves, you sort of isolate yourselves automatically. And with that, you lose the connection with broader society. And I feel that there should be more initiatives, let's say, I mean, um, during the pandemic, there were lots of initiatives that people gave, like bodies um, to elderly. Um, but I would say, like, maybe something broader, like just try and connect as much as possible outside of academia and within the city itself, because we have a lot of a lot of to give and we have a lot of to, to receive as well. I think that's a really interesting point you've raised because it is important to integrate into broader society. But do you really think we should be doing that now when arriving, for me personally, I arrived this year and I really just don't think there was very much support to integrate you during Corona, especially into the student community. It wasn't until like later after your course had really started, well, that I personally felt that I started to integrate within the student community. So do you think we should be focusing now on getting people involved in broader society when there's not really very much community building within it? What, what do you... I'd, I'd say for now, I, I would probably just raise on integrating within a university, but on a longer term, I think it's beneficial if you do it on a more broader level. But yeah, from my experience as well, talking to international students, there really seems to be lacking as a decent support network for them to integrate. So I definitely put on a long term is my point mostly. Okay. I think the university is responsible for its students and students are not just at the university. So I think that it could be the role and it should be the role of the faculty council, the central student council to be just like communicating to um, to the students that like there's all these options that are there for you. Like just a communication of, oh, you can be the buddy of an elderly. You can do this type of volunteering. You can join these associations. And I feel like they... Uh, the university at this moment confines itself just to university academic lectures and activities and maybe how to write better your essay, but it's not really helping you have uh, fun in life. It's just there for you to really be a good student. And that's not possible if your mental health just sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. You'd like to add something? Yeah, I also, uh, building off of what was already said, is that it's important to not have Because when you have a culture that's already so academic driven, you create a lot of competition. And at least like um, when you suffer from depression or some or some other mental disorder, then you don't feel as motivated to do well in school and you might not be doing well in school at all and not passing courses. I didn't pass my entire first year and I remember feeling so lonely because it felt like all my other, you know, um, co-students were doing so much better because they were telling me how great their grades were. And it felt like if somebody had would like said, hey, like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to not pass your courses, then if you create that sense of community already within students and not create such a competitive environment, then that already makes all the difference. But how would you actually go about changing that culture? Obviously, it's an issue, but what would you do to try and foster that? Because the university culture here is so different. There almost isn't one. There's very few initiatives to make you feel as though you have ownership over the fact that you're an UVA student or feel as part of a community. So many first year students feel completely isolated and alone. 
because they don't have any support with their housing. You just arrive in a city and you're expected to just find somewhere. There's no support network in that sense. There's no security. So how do you feel that what actual tangible things or initiatives do you think you'd want to launch or you think would be a good solution to this issue? Well, the change would come already within the first day of school. So as a first year, I remember my first day of my psychology program, it was immediately about like, this is the grades that you need to get. This is what you need to pass. This is how, you know, how long it should take you to do this program. And then they explained the binding study advice. And that already sets the tone from the very get go that what's most important is how well you are doing in school and everything else is set aside. So I think when you change that and when you have that first day be more about like hey get to know the school and get to know you know what's going on know what's going on at CREA and what's going on in these other study associations that already changes the tone of what's to come for the coming years and it doesn't become as negative as it would within the you know the rest of your study so I think that that's already a huge change that you can make because if you can make interweek for some whatever reason, you're already apart from all the other students. You didn't get to have all that fun first and then your first day of school is all this very serious, great stuff. So I think that if the university can like give away that one day and that first day of class to be more of an inform informative area about what's going on in community building, that already can make a huge change. I disagree, as in, I think that um, although there is definitely an emphasis put on studying and on uh, really get, uh, this is how your course is going to be structured, in the beginning, they really stress all the options. And I think the problem is more the follow-up. It's like, okay, this is everything, use the website, all the resources are there, but it's all online and you don't have like this in-person connection that guides you and helps you and checks up on you on like, oh, did you in the end uh, sign up to that dance class? And do you still go to the borals or do you still do this and that activity? And having uh, like those kind of like cheerleaders a bit of like go into this uh, uni life, I think that would help uh, like get back into it if you snap out of it. Well, I think the very important thing to note as well is that every program is different, right? So I know within psychology that this is a very big issue and with polit within political science that might not be the issue. So I know that at least like within psychology, the follow-up was great. So afterwards they would advertise CREA and the VSPA would come in, which is our study association. But that first day had already stressed out many students because they already gave the statistic that, you know, if by the half of the year your BSA wasn't at a certain amount, you probably wouldn't make it to the second year. That's literally what they informed us of on that first day. And that already set the tone. So I think that obviously first, if you want to create a very concrete plan, the first thing to do would be to go to every program and see what they are doing and what they aren't doing to try and find a solution because it's very program specific. You can't just create one solution for the entire faculty. You need to create different solutions for each program. What do you think this means for the FSR in general? If you're talking about having subject-specific issues, do you think that undermines the general utility of the FSR as a body? If, you, if there's this level of fragmentation between objectives, do you think there needs to be some form of restructuring of this institution? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the way we receive education should definitely change, if that's what you mean. 
I'm I'm a very fan of what you just said. Like you're you're starting your first week where you're integrated in a, in a community. Um, get some help with your, with a mentor who explains things to you, where you can uh, meet your classmates and stuff. But I think that community should keep going. Like it isn't just the start; it's the whole year. I think we should build on some sort of community community uh, um, education or something that's more personalized education. I I think that the problem here is also that we. The, like you said, it's 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 a lot about academic achievements and competition. I want to take that competition away. Education isn't about learning. Isn't about um, achieving grades or uh, competing with everyone. It's a personalized learning experience, and I think that's what UVA should facilitate: a personalized learning experience. Do you think that part of the problem with UVA and the lack of um, community building whilst it's the academic competitive nature do you think it's also the fact that it's within a city and they expect you to just find your own community within a city do you think that's an issue or how do you think because it is quite a big city how do you think we can overcome that and make it feel more intimate because I feel like there's so many fragments so much fragmentation between different faculties like how how can we facilitate this feeling of community in more concrete terms I guess that the UVA is a bit um uh... I kind of understand what you're saying, but I don't think that should be a problem. The problem is maybe more that the UFA is too bureaucratic. It's it's structured, hierarchical. Uh, you can't get easily things done or easily uh, um, uh, speak to someone. It's 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 terrible. I think that's something that has to change first. So why do you want to be part of the FSR if you object to the system? that's in place yeah i'm i'm more because my education I'm, I'm i'm an educational science student and i'm more about education and not the way how um the uva should be structured i think that's someone else from my maybe my party or my fellow party um, parties that are in the csr are more aware of how uh, 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 a university can be run um my my expertise is education and I want to focus on that. And that's why, and I think that the faculty is the better place to be for education, things like, than the CSR. <clears throat> yeah, I can definitely attest to the fragmentation of the different faculties. I mean, I'm studying anthropology right now and it's probably, a, yeah, it's definitely a, a smaller scale compared to, let's say, psychology or political science. And that really benefits us because we have this really like case by case sort of support and thing that's really different and personally I feel that um, we have a lot more communication with within uh, our faculty um, but um, given the fact that <clears throat> sorry I'm losing my track I'm losing my track right here um, yeah um, no never mind um, Sorry, I'm just thinking right now. I'm drawing blanks. You're going blanks. We can go. Yeah, you can go, you can go. You can go. We can come straight. Yeah, we can back come straight back. You. Yeah, yeah, Don't I'll worry. get it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. We got time. Yeah, we got definitely. time. Yeah. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks. Great. 
Um, yeah, I just I wanted to agree with that. I mean, you can already see the fragmentation now, even within the elections, right? So if not all students can vote for all of us, so only political science students can vote for Alicia, only psychology students can vote for me. So already within the voting system, specific programs can only vote for candidates within their programs. And that's already a big issue. As a psychology student, unless I was in the student council, I would have never met another student from political science or from anthropology. There is no communication between programs and you're stuck in this bubble and it's hard to get out of that bubble and it's hard to go meet students from other programs. So I think that if we just get rid of this fragmentation and try to put all these programs together, that would be a lot easier, specifically within the FSR. Because the only way to create change is to talk to each program committee differently. So now you have to go to like seven, eight meetings and have different representatives talking to them to just be able to come up with one solution. And that's already very tough. So I think I don't know the solution and maybe that's something we can talk about next year and trying to come up with a solution to the current problem. But I already know that this is something that definitely needs to be worked on. Yeah, returning on my previous point when I was drawing blanks, um, I think one way to sort of ameliorate the fragmentation within um, the FMG, I think it would definitely help if we would just abolish the BSA. I think if we do that, there's less of an emphasis on academic performance and there's more of an emphasis on actually like um, landing within the city, um, socializing, building like a community. And I'd say if there would be less of support, like focusing on studying 24-7, then there would probably be more cross interaction within the different faculties. I think definitely. I think it's very separate here between different, not only faculties, but subjects, as you were saying before. And I think that almost creates an echo chamber um, within specific subjects because you do end up wiring your brain in an academic realm to think in a specific way, which then kind of perpetuates this way of thinking and lack of communication as well between different ones. And then it's really hard to, if you don't feel like you identify with your subject that much or the people there, it makes it even more difficult. And there is nothing in place to try, apart from on a kind of organizational level, to try and, you know, get people to mix together throughout different faculties. I find it on a master's level as well. It's exactly the same. It's really hard to meet people from other faculties. And it isn't only, it's only until now or kind of earlier this year that we started being able to meet people and mix more. They're just not doing enough. And if they're creating this body, uh, which overarches uh, the faculty, they need to be doing more to actually facilitate interaction between the two so they can strive for a common goal otherwise what's the point but what's would you like to add i definitely agree with uh the point you're touching on and i i think it goes back to the bureaucratic nature of the uva and also to the to the fact that it's very like academic driven because it's about having students get the best grades be the most productive that you uh, really confine them to their own subject because then they get advice from their peers that they met in class and then they can have a better understanding of the course and that's really important but that doesn't help you create uh, like better ties develop you as a person by knowing people that do psychology that do anthropology that can give you like an additional knowledge that's not only better knowing the powerpoints of your history class (laughs) yeah it's very true and also what i find kind of a little bit contradictory is now they're putting so much emphasis 
on taking an interdisciplinary approach to everything, but they do nothing to branch between the different subjects. Honestly, it's the most refreshing thing when you go and speak to someone from a different faculty. Like I studied development, which is all about change, making the world better. Then you go and speak to people from political economy and they have the most like pessimistic outlook on life ever. But I'm like, I love this. We have these different <laughs> approaches. It's great. So yeah, what do you have to... Um, yeah, I just, I was thinking about like, I was living in the USA and trying to learn about like university there. In the first year, you don't have such a packed schedule because they want that first year to be more about exploration because you're not going to go into university already knowing exactly who you are as a person and what you want to do. And if you have that time period to be able to explore, then maybe you'll be able to meet people from other programs and able to build your view a bit better as to what exactly you're passionate about. And that's something that is definitely an issue because I know that within the first year, the, the program is already so jam-packed and the schedule is already so busy that you don't have time to go and seek out another course from another program, even though they are advocating for interdisciplinary um, education, but they're not allowing space or time for more programs and more classes to be taken. I completely agree with you on that point. I think that's more of a academic kind of system issue. I think um, there should be less emphasis on your first year. You should just be having fun and exploring. Um, but in terms of your role within the FSR, what do you think we can do to facilitate that different communication and different integration between different uh, subjects within our faculty? How can we try and foster community building within our faculty? Because that's something I really think is important and would I would have found very beneficial coming this year. Do you have Yeah, I would like to um, sort of continue on your point about like spatiality. Mm -hmm. Like given the fact that all our um, different faculties are fragmented, but this is also sort of a test. Yeah, this is also, you can also see this back within like the architecture of the router, of Reuters Island. I mean, from a utilitarian perspective, it's nice to sort of compartmentalize each different faculty in a different space. But by because of that, as a result, you don't have any cross interaction. I mean, uh, my students, an organization, a message association, Quakietol, uh, has a common room, but only within um, the ones from our faculty itself. But if I want to, let's talk for, let's say, to someone from law or a different um, uh, faculty, I have to literally walk across the entire campus um, and make an, an active effort to sort of approach them. I think given the fact that there's all this emphasis on this interdisciplinarity, and which is something I think that's really admirable and necessary in our current um, uh, yeah, world, but I think with, without even having sort of say like a common room for all the different faculties, I mean, this is really difficult to achieve and it won't really um, be achievable on a broader level, I'd say. I think, yeah, that's a very interesting point you've raised. So I think it's important to have shared space, but obviously that's difficult with Corona. Now going forward, the future is quite uncertain obviously, in terms of what's going to happen next year. Obviously, I've not been here when Rotas Island is open. I've heard it's great, and that probably facilitates a lot more interaction between different subjects. Would you agree with that generally? Or There is, for instance, well, the canteen is pretty the nice. Canteen. Okay, like yeah. The canteen, okay, yeah. The library's there as well. But yeah. going forward, so <laughs> we don't know whether Corona is going to be as bad as it was last year, next year. Um, what do you think we can do coming forward to preemptively prepare for the fact that there might not be these shared spaces? Like, how can we open up other networks of communication which could be adapted to corona measures or non-corona measures? What do you think we could do to prepare? 
Um, well, that's something that the council would have to work together with the study association. So the study associations are the ones that uh, do all these events. Uh, but the problem is that there's a study association per program. Again, just another fragmentation, right? So the events that they hold is only for that specific program. So I think that as a council, if we can work together with these study associations and create more events that are throughout the programs, not just program specific, that would create a rather big change because then you're going to social events and going to, you know, maybe a picnic at the park or something with already other students from other um, um, programs and again just as was mentioned before as well like not just borals because borals are not for everybody it's not inclusive not everyone no. drinks no. shockingly that was something that's been brought up a lot in student um from my experience in my university before being involved with student politics etc they're emphasizing that actually drinking events aren't inclusive and you're like, oh yeah, you're actually correct. Yeah. I've I've never gone to a borel yeah. ever. Not found so. a bitter ball in. I don't know. It just it never felt like I knew enough people to go to a place filled it, with you know other students that already knew each other, and then I was just gonna what sit there at a bar and then just drink alone and hope somebody would approach me or even have enough confidence to go and you know go up to somebody. And that's already difficult. So I think that obviously there needs to be a wide variety of uh, activities that we can do. But that's not something that the council can do alone. We need to work together with the study associations because that's their specialty. I think one thing that can uh, help like the transition, the community building with this corona, non-corona times uh, would be to like really to make use of just like outdoor spaces. I think that's something and unfortunately again the spatial problem of the campus itself not enough outdoor green spaces which would be really nice and because if you don't own the land uh ufa cannot just be like okay everybody from the park let's have let's go let's yeah. have you let's have have it. <laughs> but that is so much more safe uh, like health wise uh being able to go out there and it would be really nice uh to have a bit of initiative from uh tutors for smaller tutorials to to have these kind of like exterior to class activities and in in the outdoors to accommodate to this changing times definitely that's a good point do you have anything to add yeah well i was thinking about a wild suggestion i would like to make go ahead like just scrap all these different kind of studies and make just one interdisciplinary bachelor within this faculty where you can actually explore between all these different kinds of subjects or maybe you can specialize whatever you want but you can creative be creative you can meet other people you can well you can do whatever you want within this bachelor within this faculty and still have all these things that you can learn you i think that's that's this, this is my suggestion. Maybe this is a great idea. Maybe not. I'm looking at my fellow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I, I think yeah. it's a fantastic idea. Um, because compared to, I think, the American system and the Scottish system, I don't want to be biased because I don't want to. <laughs> but but the, the system's great. Um, so you're free in your first two years. You get to choose. We have, you apply for one subject, but you have the choice to choose like whatever you want to do. And it's pass fail. It, you have to get seven out of 20 to go to the next stage yeah it's it's great but that gives you so much time to explore i think it's so difficult 
that you come in, I think the system here is crazy, that you come in in your first year and you have to get a good grade and it's all the same throughout your entire university career. Like your first year is just a little warm up. You don't know who you are. You don't know how to learn. Like it's so difficult that you have to hit the ground running in in this academic setting and not have the chance to explore. It really um, goes with the culture as in it is nearly expected for you as a student in Netherlands to do different courses, kind of like explore around. It, it's all right. It's very easy. And I think that's a great opportunity that you can change and do like uh, and miss and just change subject. But that's not per se the understanding that international students have. And so they expect to have like this huge community and to come in, have much more leeway and they don't. So I feel like actually it's not really accommodated to uh, this international opening the university is having. And I'm not saying, oh, no, let's take away the Dutch culture that has been running there. But I think that uh, they have trying to uh, try to implement international openings without really taking into account the underlying culture, which uh, just... Has a, makes it different for students and difficult for them to integrate at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a, a solution for that, as was mentioned before, like if you don't know what you want to do right within your first year already, there should be an option to at least take half a year or your first year to take just courses that interest you. Like you don't have to pick a program. You don't have to say, I want to do psychology or political science or education. I want to take a year to explore. And that doesn't mean that students won't immediately just pick a subject because some people do know what they want to do. But for people that need a bit more time, that should be the norm. You should be allowed to take that year to explore a little bit. And this reminds me of a, a meme I actually saw recently, which was just saying like, oh, it's funny that first years think they're going to finish their bachelors within three years. <laughs> and that was just sort of a funny thing, right? That Wishful it's, thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. set for three years, but most people actually take four or five years. So what's so difficult about just having a year for exploration and getting used to the university life so that if you already pick a bachelor's, you can actually finish it in the time you're supposed to finish it how do you think that could be implemented on like a faculty level do you think you could try and set up um some other format that gives people more academic flexibility do you think this would be something that could be addressed on a student council level do you think that you would be able to have the leverage to make this change or try and implement this I think it would take a lot of work. You know, you have to build a concrete plan. You have to think about how it would work, not only within the budget, but also trying to get uh, teachers and lecturers on board and try to work out a consistent plan. But I do think that it's doable. And it's a plan that would need to be proposed to the dean of the faculty. And perhaps if it does work within our faculty, then you could bring it over to the CSR and it could be implemented all over the school. So I think that it's something that could definitely be doable but again it would take quite a lot of time and a lot of work (laughs) I can imagine and I think obviously something within student politics which is lacking at the moment is student engagement I think this is symptomatic of the entire university culture at UVA which doesn't seem to engage students within issues that you know impact them I feel like the student council is underrepresented in terms of the power that it actually has. Um, It's difficult because I think often it's quite individualistic in terms of candidates or it's too compartmentalized between different parties. Um, 
So yeah, this is something I also want to bring up as well is about the lack of voting, the lack of turnout for students. It's less than 14%, um, which is crazy. In other universities, it's so high. It Within the Netherlands, it's really, really high. Um, I don't have any statistics on my sleeve, but um, yeah. What do you think can be done to improve this turnout for students um, for voting? What are your ideas? People don't even know that there is a council, that there is a faculty, that there are elections, because I have been telling my friends, vote for me, vote for Alicia. And they were like, vote for what? Like, where? What do I do? How does it go about? There's no information out there. And because we have all these amazing tools like Canvas, which uh, gives us reminders about assignments, just have a reminder about elections. I think they did that last year. But you need to have the prep about who is running. And it's not visible. It's just not visible. Right now, it's not on campus. So it makes it even harder. But friends that have studied before in Tilburg really had the parties and the campaigners go to the campus, give them flyers, give them food, give them beer, try to have them uh, vote for them, do so many services, make it a real party enjoyable, like community building activity. Actually, the, the campaigners would do everything to have this great energy rising to the elections. And, and that's just absent because nobody knows it's possible and that's maybe the responsibility a bit of the parties themselves that need to give importance to their jobs and I think O20 has done a great job uh, with that with really trying to have been there the whole year with posts and and showing that parties are there and that they do things and that they can be trusted by the students. I, I kind of disagree with that last point that it isn't entirely up to the student parties. I think it's also because um, the students don't feel hurt by the, 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 the UFA. And the reason that they're not voting is mainly it's it's something like an anti-vote saying, you know, this system is wrong. This doesn't work. You aren't going to listen to us, to us. So why should I vote? You know, it's not up to the parties. It's also up to the UFA showing that they care about students' opinion, showing that they can change and they aren't showing that right now to us. And I think that's the reason why people are like, you know, can I vote? Oh, can I vote? Oh, but I don't think that's going to happen, going to change anything. So I'm not going to vote. That's the attitude students have right now. And I think it's also up, it's up to the UFA to change that too, not only the student parties. Um, I think also a valid point to make, and I've been making this point the entire time that I've been in Inter, which I think is going on almost a year, two years almost now. I truly believe that the elections is a huge popularity contest. The voter turnout is so low that the only people voting are friends of representatives, are friends of candidates. And that's a huge problem because if you want to create change, but you're not going to borals and you can't talk to that many people, you're not going to get voted on despite how many, you know, um, good ideas you have or despite how much change you want to make. And I think that that's a huge problem. And I think that parties need to stop saying, oh, yeah, you know, vote or, or candidates need to stop saying, oh, yeah, vote for me and vote only for me and only vote for this party. But I think instead the overall message should just turn into just vote. 
it doesn't matter who you vote for. I don't care if I win because I personally, I want to create change, but I would rather have that turnout be 50% and 60%, even if that means that 0% of that is for me because I would rather make that number go up. So vote for whoever you want to vote for. It doesn't have to be for me, but just make sure to turn up and be able to have your voice be heard because that's the most important part. Yeah, from my experience, a sentiment that keeps coming up is that the CSR and the FSR lack any real power to make any like systematic changes. People are sort of disillusioned by um, these elections. They feel as if um, people are funded by external parties. So what interests are they actually pulling through? Uh, furthermore, um, most of these people seem to be doing this sort of for as a way of resume building, as a way of learning to publicly speak. So are they really sort of... Um, pushing, fighting for your interests, or are they doing this for themselves? And <clears throat> I think that really plays a, an important role because there are so many established parties. And I mean, if you look at the Folia articles about, for for example, DF, DVS, I mean, they actually got a significant sum of money um, from um, the FVD. And also, there were there's also some questions about the party of a fellow candidate here, Neil Twinter, from what I've heard, about external funding as well. So in my experience, I think there seems to be lacking a really, like, a grassroots uh, parties. And I think that would really help. Okay. We don't have external fundings. We only have candidates and um, members. And uh, we have a big sum because... The candidates and a lot of members were nearly 90 that pay their member fee. So in terms of taking more concrete action um, through using forms of activism, what kind of power do you think you'd want to utilize within your position within the FSR? I think as the activist party, looking at our background, we have cooperative experience within unions, within student unions, labor unions as well, climate uh, activist group, um, parties that fight for a higher minimum wage, um, transgender activism, activism against sexual misconduct. So I think we we just want to utilize our personal network and really disrupt. Like we don't want to fray away from like picketing or like protesting. I think that's a really nice way to sort of really, yeah, get your points across. Because otherwise, I think through the like bureaucratic organs i think it's really easy to just I mean we only have advisory function so they can just say we dismiss this advice so just by disrupting i think they can't ignore you yeah um well i think that um it's not our advice is not just any advice it holds a lot of power so when you do give an advice as long as you have a concrete plan and something that's doable and the dean sees that you've already exhausted all other solutions and this is the perfect one and you make your point then you can create real change i mean within psychology we had a student that sadly committed suicide and he was a first year and we had been talking about mental health all year and when we brought this up to the dean and we came up with a concrete solution and already advices on what we think could be done and how important this was and we heard the students then we were able to get her to finally understand that this is something that we need to actively work on and the dean has been doing at least for fmg has been trying her hardest she's been fighting for more psychologists for years now she's been trying to bring it up so i mean like to say that our advice doesn't count and it's just an advice i think that's just false because the advice along with a plan holds a lot of power and can create actual change 
I definitely agree with you on that. Like from uh, party members that have sat on the council with you, they have always talked about all the things that all the progress. And I have seen it myself, all the things, the little notifications on campus uh, for for mental health. Uh, we we do change. And it is such a shame it doesn't have a platform. It's not exposed. People don't know about it. And just as you said, there needs to be a plan for the advisory council to be heard. Uh, that's why I really recommend to be voting for the parties that really have their uh, their guidelines of how they try to tackle the issues that they are promoting. Because those are, uh, at the end of the day, the candidates that will be able to convince the dean and make the change. I agree with... Uh with with the earlier point that you have that you bring up a plan uh and that the advice with a plan can really uh improve stuff i think it's also uh very valuable that you're here with all your experience from your previous years i mean i'm i'm pretty new so i i still have to find my way through the council and i think we can really cooperate together and with cooperation with all these parties here we can make better plans, make change, give better advice. Um, yeah, it's, it's currently, it feels like a lot of competition between the parties, but actually next year it's going to be cooperation. And that's important among students if we want change. Excellent closing remark. I think we're going to wrap up there. But before we finish, I would like you all to make a closing remark about one change you want to see after Corona if you were to hypothetically get elected into the FSR. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll start with a radical one. Or oh, radical, one. let's yeah, go. I'm yeah. ready, I'm ready. I want, to, I want to abolish all tuition fees. Education has to be accessible and it has to be, <clears throat> yeah, it, it doesn't have to be an inf like monetary investment. It has to be an investment in yourself and it doesn't have to come with any detrimental effects for your future opportunities. So just to make education accessible and equitable, it I just want to abolish all tuition fees. Um, for me, I guess the, the most important thing is to make sure that students are aware about what's going on at the UVA and at the central level. So just trying to make sure that they understand the changes that the council is making and they understand exactly what can be done and what their voices can be used for. I think that that is the most important thing. So just having that transparency is what we should all be fighting for. And that's the most important thing because I might increase voter turnout that creates more change that gives the council way more power to create the change that the students want. Yeah, I definitely agree with the previous points, but my my personal point is going to be uh, that I want to create a, a learning environment, a learning community where someone can explore, where someone can be creative and with its motivation, curiosity and autonomy of the students as a starting point, that's what I want. And I'd really like there to be an independent body on campus in cases of racial or uh, sexual misconduct. I think that it's really hard to overcome power barriers in order to voice yourself, be heard without judgment, without any biases to faculties or uh, to associations. So an independent body that Susan can't refer to in order to feel safer on campus. Brilliant points from everyone. Thank you so much for coming in um, for the debate today. It's been a really productive conversation. Um, I think we've brought up so many really, really important points. And I hope this makes people see that their voices can be heard and that we need to put greater emphasis on student politics 
and recognize the leverage and power to make change that they have. So if you guys, listeners, want to vote, election week is coming up from the 31st of May until Friday the 4th of June. So make sure you cast your vote. You can do that online and make sure you vote, guys. We want to have a higher turnout than below 14 percent 50 50 awesome thank you so much guys that was slim radio's coverage of the student elections thank you